Welcome to Extension Out Loud. I'm Katie Bailden. And I'm Paul Treadwell. And this week, this, this time, episode, for this episode, <laughs> we talked to some students from Cornell who participated in the Cornell Cooperative Extension Summer Internship Program. And that included students from the College of Agriculture and Life Sciences and from the College of Human Ecology. And there were a couple interns this year from the Engaged Cornell Project. We talked to five interns who were placed this summer scattered across New York State. We'll start out with Adjua, Jesse, Johanna, Rose, and Stephanie, who was joined by Beth Claypool, the executive director of Wayne County. Check out the show notes for a quick video that highlights some of the discussion we had with these students and has some images. Right, and we'll also link to their student blogs in the notes so that you can get a fuller and more robust picture of what they did this summer. Hi, my name is Ajwa Fusuma Kordi. I am a senior human development major. I'm from the Bronx. Tell us about a project that you worked on this summer. It's called Choose Health Action Team slash Choose Health Food, Fun, and Fitness. So basically the Choose Health Food, Fun, and Fitness program, it's a six- lesson curriculum where you teach kids about healthy eating, why you have to make those healthy decisions, and we try to make it active play. And it was written by Wendy Wolf, who's a professor in the nutrition sciences department. And for this summer, they wanted to try something different. Usually they would recruit teens from outside of the summer programs, teaching them lessons and have them like travel around to different sites. But this summer they wanted to use the summer youth workers who are already there Mm -hmm. and teach them the program and then have them teach the teens with the idea that they would know them better, and then that they would also be able to reinforce their material because they're seeing them throughout the whole week. So I, me and three other interns were mentors. We each had our own sites. So basically you were working with teens who were then working with children. Yeah. It was anywhere from fifth grade to eighth grade. What stood out to you? Why did you choose this project? I'm a human development major, so I'm all about youth development, but I'm also pre-med, so I like medicine and health, and this was a project that I saw that was a combination of both, so I was like, okay, this is perfect. There was some connection with the Police Athletic League? Yeah, so, so the sites we were working at were Police Athletic League sites. There was four sites, two in Brooklyn and two in the Bronx. It's basically like a summer camp, but the site I worked at and the other site in the Bronx were located in schools. What was a typical day for you like? We taught twice a week. So on the days I was teaching, I would get there around 9, 9.30 and set up in a cafeteria. So it was just trying to arrange everything because a lot of the lessons have like an active part where the kids have to get up and do stuff. So it was like getting there early enough to set up and then also meet with my teen and go over the lesson and make sure that she felt comfortable teaching. And my site was a little different because I only had one teen. And initially, you're supposed to have four. So it was a little difficult because I wanted to make sure that she felt comfortable, but I also had to like do the logistical parts of the lesson. Can you tell us a little bit more about what the lessons were like? You mentioned recipes, so you, you worked with the kids to make foods that they could eat? Basically, the lesson was set up where you open up with an active game and then you go into the lesson. I think the first one, for example, was about drinking less sweetened drinks and drinking more water and low-fat milk. So you go through a lesson explaining the differences and then there's different activities. Go stop slow drinks, that's how we categorize them. And we brought in bottles and different cans of sweetened drinks and water and milk and they got a chance to sort it out. And then after that, we do like a little wrap up and then we do 
a game again, and then we cook a recipe. And that was definitely their favorite part of the、mm-hmm. lesson, just like getting to make stuff and try things. Is there any one particular story or lesson that you learned this past summer that jumps out? I think it was just really impressive to see how much of an impact we had in a short amount of time. At the end, we had a closing event with the teens, and they were just sharing how they felt about it, how they felt the program went, and they were sharing stories about how kids would, outside of the lessons, come up to them and talk about their drinks and the food choices they were making. And it was kind of impressive that we were only there for two hours a week,、uh-huh. and that was enough to see even small changes in them. And I think that was like, wow. And it wasn't just like the kids, the teens felt change, and like some of the police athletic league staff that was there during various points in the summer, they were sharing that, yeah, I've been more conscious about what I've been eating. And it was kind of like, okay, wow, like this is only three weeks and it made a change. I was very impressed by that. How do you think this experience will inform your future academic pursuits and eventually your career? I definitely. Was interested in public health before, but I think after the summer, it's something that I definitely want to incorporate more. Like, I'm thinking about doing an MD, MPH. If you were talking to another student who was thinking about becoming an intern for the summer, what would you say to them? I would say, do it. <laughs> I would say that I think for me, it's been probably the most impactful summer I've had as a Cornell student. Well, my name is Jesse Corona, and I am a sophomore in Cal's. I'm from a small town in California, and I spent my summer in New York City. Half of my time I spent with a nonprofit organization, and they focused their work on racial justice in the food system and just educating the community and creating a new generation of agriculturalists. And then my other half of my time was spent assisting a grad student at Cornell with research on consumer perception on salad labels. How does cooperative extension fit into that mix? So, with the food justice and like social justice,、um, so it was farm school. It was the name of the organization, and my role one was assisting in、um, like the overview of the programming of like the courses and stuff.、Um, and so there was one like specific one through Cornell Cooperative Extension. There's like a mushroom research grant. Some workers from Cornell Cooperative Extension, New York City, put on workshops for. People in the community to come and learn how to grow mushrooms and cultivate mushrooms. It really brings a lot of different people together. And what I thought was interesting was the work site was held in one of the poorer neighborhoods in Brooklyn,、um, Brownsville.、Um, I didn't think that we would like venture out of Manhattan. And so we like went to Brooklyn and there was like a class and it was taught there. And so seeing that, I think like the big emphasis there was that like not all farmers are like 65 and white men.、Um, that A farmer can look like anything, especially in New York City. So,、Very、CC、good. just helps propel that. Not that you've had a lot of time to reflect on the experience, but what have you taken away from your time in in the city and, and the work that you did? I just remember going into the summer, being very hesitant of the experience. One, because I was going to live in New York City by myself. Two, I didn't really know what my internship was going to entail. All I knew was like I was going to work with farm school and the grad student and like CCE. And so I wasn't really sure. And at the time, I didn't know about my major. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Like that was all up in the air. And like I still don't after the summer. But I definitely do think that the summer offered a lot of clarity in terms of what I enjoy doing. I learned that I really enjoy like community organizing, community development, and that was a big focus of my summer. We didn't spend a lot of time in Manhattan. It was a lot of time in the Bronx or Queens or Brooklyn. We visited a lot of community gardens and just seeing like the impact that those community gardens have on a community. 
how those small spaces can create something really meaningful for a community. Just the idea of community in somewhere like New York City with millions of people was really crazy for me. Also, I gained a bigger insight into the food system and how so many hands touch food, whether it's like on the policy side or actually growing it or harvesting, whatever it may be. And so I've definitely become more self-aware of my role and how things have come to be. Can you run us through like a day in the life of your internship? It kind of just depends on the day of the week. So there was like, with farm school, um, I spent a lot of time in the classroom with the students. And so there was a course. So I started off, it was called like New York City as an ecosystem. That course really focused on analyzing native plant species and the green areas of New York City. And then on Saturday, we got to do field trips. So that's when we would visit community gardens. We would go to different parks in New York City. One of my favorites was La Finca del Sur, which is Garden of the South in the Bronx. And that was just a really special place for a lot of people. You could tell that that community had a lot of meaning like tied to that community garden. Um, so Saturdays, we went from like 10 to 3. Um, walking like and touring these places and learning about like one the people of the community but also like who built these places and like what these places represent like july things shifted so that's when i started doing research and so we went to a lot of green markets in new york city if you were talking to another student who was thinking about doing a summer intern program with extension what would you say to them about the experience i took the internship because i knew i wanted to do sub-career exploration I went into it thinking I was going to figure out what I want to do with my life. I think like the internship was a really good opportunity for me to figure out what I like to do and what I don't like to do. And so I think no matter what, you're going to have a really great experience. It offered me a lot of clarity and insight. And so in general, I think CCE allowed me to discover what it is I do and don't like. And if you're considering taking the internship, just apply. because. Overall, I think it was a really great experience for me to learn more about myself and my place in the world and how CCE does, like, I had no idea that, like, CCE worked in places like New York City Um, and just seeing, like, the impact that, like, CCE can have and, like, how I can, like, help facilitate that was, like, pretty amazing. My name is Joanna Girton, and I'm a sophomore in CALS studying environment and sustainability and also entomology. This summer, I worked in the Hudson Valley region with Orange County Cornell Corporate Extension. Most of my work was crop scouting for hemp growers in the Hudson Valley. So what did your work actually entail? What did you do as an intern? Crop scouting is when you walk through the fields to look for pests and like problems, anything that you see that you can alert the grower about. Mm-hmm. So in the hemp fields, I would take a diagonal path to look at a select portion of the field that represented the entire thing, looking for pests, diseases, Mm -hmm. insects, anything that was wrong with the plants. What was it like working in Orange County? I actually lived in a house that was owned by the Orange County Vegetable Growers Association. Okay. So it was right down the street from the majority of the farms that I worked with, right in the middle of the black dirt. What was it like? What was your daily? You would get up in the morning and you would just go out to a field and walk diagonally through the field? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I would fill out crop reports. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I would contribute to the weekly hemp update. I wrote a few blurbs about hermaphrodites and hemp plants. People are generally pretty enthusiastic about hemp and the possibilities. Yes, many people are excited about (laughs) hemp. It's starting to be a big thing. All of my growers that I worked with, they were growing for CBD. Mm -hmm. 
because there's other types of hemp. There's fiber hemp as well. CBD is like the big craze right now. So what brought you to Cornell? What set you on the path that put you in a hemp field? I came to Cornell because I'm very interested in the environment and I wanted the best preparation for myself so Uh that I can help to save the environment. So I thought Cornell was the right place. Cool. And then... I ended up walking through hemp fields because last year I took a course on pesticides, human health and the environment, and then the next semester I took one on integrated pest management. Mm -hmm. So it connected into crop scouting. The first step is identification before you can take steps to manage it. So here you are, you've wrapped it up, you're back in school. What's the biggest thing you think you took out of your experience working in Orange County? I think I learned how to adapt to different situations and learn along the way Uh because I had no idea what pythium, a root disease, was at the (laughs) beginning of the summer. If you were talking to somebody who was thinking about doing a summer internship with CCE, what would you say to them? I would say that they shouldn't be afraid to just put themselves out there. I gained a lot of independence from the summer because I was living alone. Much of my work was independent, Mm -hmm. so just kind of jumping into an opportunity like that will allow you to gain the skills that will let you become a real adult. I'm Rosa Polito. I'm a senior uh, majoring in global and public health and minoring in inequality studies and health policy. I'm originally from New Jersey, Mm -hmm. and I came to Cornell because I was really inspired by the mission of human ecology. It really spoke to me, and I knew I wanted to be involved in the health world and help people in that way, but I didn't want to be a doctor or anything clinical, so global and public health seemed perfect for me. So your project this summer was called Supporting Families Amidst the Opioid Epidemic. So can you tell us a little bit about the project and and what you did? The gist of it is... The opioid epidemic has been raging for several years now, and Cornell received a grant to do a practice research partnership. We also wanted to do things in the community right away, so the practice part of it is Cornell Cooperative Extension of Tompkins County, and they're thinking about different ways that they can support families that are struggling with this and prevent youth and other people from getting involved with drug use. My first task was to figure out what Cooperative Extension staff already knew about what was going on, what they felt their needs were in helping families and individuals, and how Cornell could be a partner. Mm -hmm. So instead of just doing research on campus and it never getting out to Cooperative Extension staff who might be able to use it, Um, We wanted to make sure that actually happened. So you said that you had research that you did on what the current state of cooperative extension programming was. Mm -hmm. And then you also looked at a lot of research that was being done on campus. Are there any highlights that stood out to you first about the campus research? Mm -hmm. Yes. As I mentioned, the grant from the William T. Grant Foundation, Mm -hmm. and that's involving Laura Tack and Elizabeth Day and a few other professors in human ecology. And they're doing a bunch of different things. One of them is trying to figure out scope of 
opioid use in New York. And then they're looking at different interventions that either are ready in place or could be created. So one of them is called a family drug court, which Tompkins County already has. And it's actually a model for the country because of how successful it's been. Mm. The knowledge I have on the family drug court is basically if someone is accused of a crime and they have drug use and they also have a family, instead of going to a regular court where those two things might not be considered, they go to a court that takes the whole family into consideration because of the research on how detrimental parental and family incarceration is for everyone in the family, all the different consequences from economic to mental health and all that. So it works as a diversion for some people. So instead of going to jail, they might do community service or probation or something like that. You mentioned in your blog that beyond that particular research project, you kind of looked at other departments on campus and then there's a bunch of research happening, mm-hmm. not just through that lens, right. but from a bunch of different departments. Was there any other interesting, important or innovative mm-hmm. research that you came across? Yeah. So some things are more clinical, like looking mm-hmm. at how can we intervene in the healthcare system in terms of like prescribing guidelines. So I think also some of these professors are in the PAM department or like the economics department looking at um, something called, what is it called? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think it's called prescription drug monitoring programs. So that's like a database that the Mm -hmm. state has and, Physicians can check that before they prescribe opioids to someone just to see what their history is. So like a red flag would be if they got prescribed opioids by three other doctors recently, like Mm -hmm. that's a red flag. Um, And then also some interesting research on in the communications department, Jeff Niederdepp, he was looking at what type of messaging um, is most effective for getting people to support policies that might aid in the um, in addressing the opioid epidemic and he found he working with um, people from other universities too they found that narratives were the most influential and mm. the most likely to get people to show empathy and change their minds and it's interesting because drug use and people who use drugs are one of the like most stigmatized groups in our society so thinking about how public messaging can change that and they found if they told a story about the mother of someone who died of a drug overdose that emotional connection was more likely to get someone to be empathetic and consider these things that they might think were controversial. If you're going to talk to another student who's interested in the internship program what would you say to them? I would definitely recommend this internship to other Cornell students, and I think it's a really great experience because not only do you have the opportunity to contribute to Cooperative Extension's work and interact with people, you also are learning at the same time, and you're gaining skills that are going to be helpful to you in the future. So it's not just like you're giving everything, you're also receiving a lot, and The staff are amazing. They're very helpful and happy to have you there. So on a more personal level, um, how do you think that this internship experience will impact your academic or future career going Mm -hmm. forward? I think it's given me a really good idea of what 
um, nonprofit organizations like Cooperative Extension do in the education aspect. And I think that's a really, really important part of the whole solution to not only the opioid epidemic, but also other public health issues and social issues. My name is Stephanie Knightlick. I'm a junior studying environmental science and agriculture science. I am from Long Island, New York. And this summer, I worked with the Cornell Cooperative Extension looking at farm stand research in Wayne County. Beth, can you also introduce yourself for us, please? Beth Claypool, I'm the Executive Director and Ag Issues Leader in Wayne County. Can you tell us, Beth, a little bit about the goal of the project that Stephanie was working on this summer? Based on some research and a survey that was actually done now, I think, two summers ago, there we're surveying farmers markets in New York State, and one of the preliminary reasons for that was that participation was declining in farmers markets. And so I noticed around Wayne County, we have a lot of unmanned farm stands. So I said, you know, we really need to figure out how many of them we have in Wayne County and see if that has had any impact on participation of growers in farmers markets. Stephanie, what was it about this project particularly that interested you? I'm studying environmental science and agriculture science, but I'm mostly interested in looking kind of at the economics behind those two fields and kind of how the economics influence each other. So what drew me to this one in particular was it really looked at what the economic impacts were and how different channels affect each other. What did you actually do? The um, research itself, we broke it into two different parts. One part was we wanted to make an online directory. And then the other part was we wanted to survey customers and farm stand owners. We really wanted to understand the motivations behind customers, what drives them to shop at a farm stand. And then we also wanted to look at if the farm stand owners were working in uh, other markets and then detracted from that and seeing if they used to participate in that and somewhat kind of motivated that. So Beth, is this your first time working with an intern from Cornell? No, we've had several over the years, but I would say that this has been the most robust. Returning to the project itself a little bit, can you paint us a picture of what a typical farm stand might look like? <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> so it's usually at the far end of a driveway, or some of them are in a parking lots. But it would be like a, a structure, and you'd have a bunch of produce on it, and you'd have labels for how much it would cost. Mm-hmm. And then we needed to separate what a stand was versus what a market was mm-hmm. versus you know farmer's market. The number one thing that we did to classify a farm stand was they have to be unmanned. It has to be through lockbox system or something like that that you can deposit money in. So that's kind of what they looked like. But the number one thing was that there's no one there to man it. So if there was somebody there, it would be a market. Yes. So what were some of the results of your research? We're still kind of in the process mm-hmm. of doing that because one of the biggest hurdles we had to overcome was getting participants. Because the stands are unmanned, I had to come up with different ways to reach out to people. So we're still in the process of getting participants. The other part of it where we wanted to actually understand how big of a market this was, it's huge, (laughs) we've discovered. (laughs) And I'm putting the final touches on the online directory. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that will be the first thing to be published to the CCU Wayne website. But as far as the research with Mm -hmm. the surveys, still kind of collecting that. What would you say to somebody who's thinking about doing an internship? What's the value of this for you as a student? 
I would say you learn all these obscure concepts when you're in class and part of you is saying, how am I ever going to use this? And it's not until you start talking to people in the field and face-to-face contact with someone who is living what you're studying that you start to have an appreciation for it and you start to understand this is why this is important. And going forward, it really narrows down what kind of path you want to take for your career. You know what you like and what you don't like. What kind of ambitions do you have and how did this inform your path going forward? I was always torn at the, you know, I I started off school a different major than I was at. And I was really trying to decide between if I wanted to go down the more policy economics route or if I Mm -hmm. wanted to do more the biology, chemistry aspect of all this. And so I really wanted this internship to kind of confirm that this was something I enjoyed doing you know, the applied aspect of it, mm-hmm. not just the material. And going through it, I had a great time doing it. And I really loved getting to talk to different people. It opened your eyes that there's a whole another world of so many different options to explore in this particular field. Thank you for listening to Extension Out Loud, brought to you by Cornell Cooperative Extension. This episode of Extension Out Loud was produced and edited by Paul Treadwell with help and advice from Katie Belden and R.J. Anderson. Please give us your feedback through our listener survey and sign up for our mailing list for notifications about new episodes. Links to both of these can be found on our SoundCloud page. Or by visiting extensionoutloud.com. Oh, really? Yes. Oh.